All right. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Systems of Wealth podcast. My name is Noel Cronfly. I'm your host. Today, I am joined by another very special guest, someone that I met originally last year through a coaching group with Taylor Welch. And through the time just of us on that, uh, through the coaching group one, I got to just feel his energy, his tenacity. And now we've gotten to have conversations together and build an actual friendship. So I'm super excited for that. And it is his very first podcast appearance ever that he just told me. So that's super exciting. It is the powerful Anthony Wilson. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. Now, I appreciate you having me, bro. Like I said, this guy is is my first podcast. So (laughs) super low key, but you know, I was like, yo, let's, let's see, right? Dude, I, I I already know that this is going to be a really fun conversation. So yeah, I mean, just from like, from the jump here, I just wanted to say thank you for, you know, the encouragement that you've given me, you know, of us, you know, connecting and getting to chat a little bit more. Your energy and your approach to business and life is something that I very much align with and that like, I'm just grateful to, you know, have some learning from you as well. So yeah, man, just I really appreciate it. It's been awesome to see your meteoric rise with your business over the last year or so. So yeah, man, just, you know, super, super thankful of just you and who you are. Appreciate it, bro, man. You know, it's, uh, it's God. I can't lie. <laughs> like a lot of things. It's just God. I feel like I, um, I, I truly believe like you're living in your purpose and you're doing it, it just affects everything around you and it affects the people around you. Yeah, dude. I love it. And that's something like I, it's a, a, a sentiment that I've always gotten from you and like just finding that alignment and that purpose. And there's so much peace and harmony in life and like confidence in the decisions that you make, whether it's your personal life or your business, when you find that for yourself. So yeah, man, hundred percent. So the way that I like to start these podcasts is always with like a very, just kind of simple, basic question. So when somebody asks you like what you do, what do you, how do you usually answer? Like, what do you usually say is like, Oh, like, what do you do for work? Like, what do you usually say? Gotcha. So I recently just had to change this because okay. my new offer. Yeah. So initially, <laughs> I, I used to tell people like, hey, you know, I help people set up Amazon stores and match with suppliers and, you know, be able to grow and scale their Amazon um, through wholesale, not drop shipping through wholesaling. Yes. Um, but we recently just opened an office over in the Philippines. Um, okay. Just got it fully set up. So now yes. we um teach people how to do e-commerce on Amazon, you know, FBA. And we also staff them. My apologies. We also staff them with a VA. Um, staff them with a VA who also um, who also gives them you know they know exactly what to do they have an understanding right. and so not not only are they learning how to do it they have a VA now that knows how to do it a store manager and they're able right. to effectively so you know if they're a school teacher or anything and they don't have the hours their VA has the hours yeah so it's like really legitimately helping them be like a real business owner like becoming right. a business owner that's yeah, a big exactly. thing yeah that's a big thing that I want to touch on with you today because the last time that we had a conversation that was something that came up. There's something like a, a quote that you said to me that is still ringing in my head and that I put right on my whiteboard after we talked and I've just been <laughs> looking at it for like a couple of weeks. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. But um, okay, that's really, yeah, that's really, because I, I always like, I'm curious of like asking that question because yeah. I have struggled with it sometimes. It's just like, I don't, I don't always know how to frame it. It's like, it usually depends on the audience, right? Like who's asking me, like if you have some- yeah business or marketing chops, like usually I can have that conversation a little bit more, but like, sometimes I really just feel like I'm just me, you know, like I'm just doing (laughs) like it's my superpower. (laughs) Like I've like, I'm, I'm curious about marketing and business and I have pursued learning and like the vehicles and the clients that I have are like my playground and my environment to like implement what I'm learning essentially, you know, like it's, it's sometimes it's strange to like frame exactly what I do. Like as an entrepreneur, like it's just like we're creating our environment on day to day. It's just it's so interesting. No, for sure. Like, you know, like 
as you know, like if we went through like the whole list, it'd be like, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> but like, you know, if they ask what's the main thing, I tend to yeah, just stop there. Exactly. I'm around certain people, I may tell them like, hey, I have a floor and decor store out here. <laughs> right. I'm in another group, I'll be like, hey, I'm a real estate developer. So yeah, right. So it, it, really, it really depends on the thing, but most of the time, I tell people like, hey, this is the main thing I do. These are other yes. projects, by the way, before you guys say, well, that's a lot of stuff. I have a team. I have a whole team. Yeah, so right. It's, me. it's like, <laughs> you know, us. so all the stuff I do, there are people aligned yes. for different things. So it doesn't all pull from me. 100%. Yeah, dude, that's another big thing that I want to talk to you about today. So, but for you, like, because, you know, a big part of my sort of thesis around this podcast, and I always frame this, like, I want to make sure I say this right. So like, when I was getting started with doing these types of interviews, like my, I was looking at like sort of the, the network of the people that I had around me. And like my idea behind it was like, we see the effect of, you know, either years and years of, you know, um, taking risks and making hard decisions and like building yeah. skills and building a network and going after it. But like a lot of us don't understand like the cause or like that, you know, that time that, you know, let's say like decade or more of like putting in that work doesn't get talked about a lot because it's not sexy and it's not super like, you know, look at us winning, you know, sort of thing. But like, I want to explore sort of your, your, your background, your origin, kind of like how you got to where you are now because your story is really inspiring and it's, it's an incredible story. And so I want to go back a little bit and just kind of understand where your entrepreneurial spirit comes from. And just sort of your journey that you went through of like, you know, take me back a bit to just like, you know, growing up a bit and like, you know, your first job, your first business and just sort of the journey and path of like how you found yourself to where you are now. Like, let's just go back a little sure. bit and, and go through it. For sure. So um, I'm originally from St. Petersburg, Florida. I'll yep. start out there. Uh, not the part that people vacation to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> politicians don't come. Unless it's yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I've seen a lot of things growing up. Um, don't come from the best neighborhood was actually going on a very dark road until I um, moved to Georgia. Okay. But um, in terms of my entrepreneurship side of that, because even back then, like when I was 12, I had a lawn care business when I was. All right. Yeah. You know, Pokemon cards. Would you call that like, yeah, they're like the first business. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. you give Pokemon cards. The first you give Pokemon cards. Yeah. <laughs> I dude, like, I get like the packs from the store. Right. And I would go to school and sell them. I remember Man. like, it was just like, I, I remember this. It was an ultimate Tyrannical card. And I sold it to this girl for 20 bucks. It was so <laughs> rare. And then in like the next Yu-Gi-Oh! release, it was like unlimited. So, oh man. So it was like, it was crazy. Yes. But um, yeah, I started awesome. entrepreneur very young. My um, my uncle has a construction business. My other okay. uncle is a doctor. He did a lot of different things. Um, even my dad, we don't talk much, but my dad was also an entrepreneur from the age of like 16. Um, and me and my brother actually talk about this a lot. Um, I just truly believe some people are born with the spirit of entrepreneurship. Like, mm -hmm. like you can learn entrepreneurship and some people are born with entrepreneurship. And I feel yeah. like it's like, it's like, I'm big into God. So I reference God a lot. So I feel like some people are just anointed and mm. entrepreneurship in a sense. And so it starts, it reveals itself very young. Like, you know, yeah. from a young age of like, what's going to go on. And then as I just went, when I, like I said, when I was eight, selling you can Pokemon time I'm 12, <laughs> I was um, literally selling, um, not selling, but I had a lawn care business cutting yards. I worked one day. Oh, day i legit told all my friends that i told my friends like hey go do these yards go do this and then i'll come build and a then team right away my yards. yeah right you know thing like i'm at home playing Madden and like spider oh, so good they're out working and then at the end of the day i would just go around to the house and collect the money and say hey me, me yeah, and my man all of you got this dude i so, love it yeah it was crazy um when i got like 14 15 um we didn't have a lot of money so i started flipping electronics i also like iphones 
Playstations, Xboxes, whatever. Yeah. And that's where I learned how to work on computers. I started building websites for people. So it was like, it was just like really just like a super progressive journey. Right. By the time, um, from like, from that time, like 18, I was flipping electronics when I got older. I remember I was on set because Doritos used to have a thing called, um, this, this, this is like an e-com. Um, Doritos used to have a thing called like crushed, crashed a Super Bowl, crushed Super Bowl was something okay. with Doritos. And yeah. basically you could submit fan created Super Bowl commercials and every year they would pick one and the winner would get like a million dollars. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that. Right, right. So um, I was on set and it was my homeboy, Chris. And Chris was like, I, I, I just met him. We're super cool now, but I had just met him at the time. He's a photographer. Her name Christopher Rice. If you need, listen, Shout out. Right. So, <laughs> you're in Atlanta, Christopher Rice. That's my boy. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so he was, um, he was, he, he was from, he's like, yo, I'm doing this Amazon and I'm getting these square car readers and I'm selling them. Mm. And they're just selling like crazy. So I didn't have a lot of money this time. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went on square. I made 20 accounts that night, like 20 mm-hmm. square accounts that was free to deliver i just got them all shipped to me and every night i, I, I would order 20 because you could every you could order every single night like now wow like, dude you could order every single night and they sold on amazon for like eight or nine bucks so like i just went doing every night i'm ordering 20 accounts 20 yeah accounts. i made 20 emails as well so i have 40 accounts a night in my sister <laughs> <laughs> i had 60 accounts a night i'm going and i was just really selling like selling square card readers like crazy and then it's kind of crazy because this is what my this is my story kind of took a turn Right after all that happened, everything's going well. And I feel like God had to humble me. Yeah. Because I was too egotistic with my pride. And after that, I got homeless. Like I was doing so well, everything's going good. And it was like my homeless journey hit. And then it was like a lot of crazy things, which we can go into um I'm going to, but a lot of crazy things hit. And it was just like, it was just God humbling me. Like he was like, I know the plan I have for you. I know what I put in you. I know where I want you to go but I can't take this version of you to where you're going. Like if the Anthony that before I went homeless was in a position that I'm in now, it'd be an entirely different reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Wow. Yeah. I just think like the journey of, you know, being, well, one, like, you know, your, your entrepreneurial spirit, like you said, is for sure, you know, that's (laughs) like, that was just born into you. That's so awesome. But then, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the rise of going from, you know, essentially being homeless to now, you know, where you're at now, is just, yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to explore that with you if you don't mind, like, let, yeah, let's go into it a bit. Let's talk about yeah. it. So, so for me, um, I can't remember the exact year, I'm not going to lie, but, um, it was, I had literally just made $10,000 and everything was going great. My rent was paid up. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And I don't know how this happened. Mind you, I didn't know laws. I didn't know a lot back then about stuff. I just, I just had a very good skill. A lot of entrepreneurs have a very good skill, but they don't have a very good business. Right. So, you know, I paid on my rent. I paid my landlord, but I didn't have like no receipts of paying him. But I had a confirmation from saying, hey, your rent's paid up through months. I got everything. So cool. Well, out of nowhere, we get like subpoenaed. We get subpoenaed for oh, no. subpoenaed for like court. Like, oh, you guys got to go to court. And it's like, he's like, they haven't paid rent in three months. And I'm like, Bro, like I have a text message from you right here saying that you did it, but apparently the judge didn't go for it. So I take all my money, all the money I had made and go and pay back rent, pay back all this stuff and all, you know, the damages and fees they try to add on and I had nothing left. And then at that point, like I'm not working a job because this is my job, but it's like right. everything I have is now sent in there. And when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's so bad. That's so whatever. But it was God. It was literally God. Like sometimes in order to elevate, God has to humble you. Because the version of you to where you're going is, is not the it's, it's not going to work. Because God's plan for our lives is to keep what He gives you, and 
in order to keep, you have to learn how to keep it. You know what I mean? It's just like when you first start out and get a credit card, you may go out and go crazy. Yeah. But once you learn financial life or responsibility, you start realizing that, oh, I got a credit card, but that doesn't mean I should spend it or that doesn't mean I should do this stuff with it. Right. So for me, when I was going through my journey and like going through my process and, you know, just like dealing, uh, um, um, you know, dealing with like, oh, all my money's going, I got to figure this out, starting over. And then it was like, the truck I had, it was an expedition. The engine locked up. <laughs> like it was, it was a slow end, slow oil leak. But you know, you know, like we kept on oiling it, but engine locked up. So now I don't have this. And then I have a Chevy Equinox out there and I forgot what happened to the Equinox. And now the Equinox is having problems. So it's like life is just like life is life, and man. Life is life. And so it's like this hits, this hits, then this hits, then this. And it was just like, yo, this is crazy. Right. So we um we went back we went back to um we were like okay what we're gonna do figure this out we went back to you know like florida to try to you know regroup stay with my grandparents for a little bit and also help yeah. them out because you know they were dealing with certain stuff yeah um you know help them out and it was started off good but i don't bash people so i'm gonna just say it didn't go as well with my other family members and the way that they are and the way they go about things yeah. like you know how like people like how do i say this nicely you know how people they're people have limitations on like how they want to treat you and like how they view you and, and, and mm -hmm. so I thought at that time because it was like I was kind of the golden child where I'm like yo he's smart he's a genius he's gonna figure this out yes. whatever and my mom was also that same person of her generation God. so it was like Tisha's a smart one da 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 and then I'm the next one it's like oh he's a smart one so it's like when both of you are failing they're like yeah. great this is fantastic <laughs> oh man <laughs> I'm just want to see you yeah people don't exactly. want to see you do as good as like you want yeah exactly. nobody ever wants to see you win essentially exactly so you know what come out they'll say stuff they're like oh i'm gonna get this i'm gonna oh, get that jeez you can't afford this stuff but they're bragging about it around you so it's aye, like, aye, aye. yeah so you know it's just like that so we came back we um we came back to georgia and there's actually a story in that too because i don't know if people are familiar with the children of israel when they left um egypt mm -hmm. but when they left egypt that trip should have only taken them about seven days to two weeks i believe yeah and it took 40 years right so when we left georgia we had uh, we had just enough money for the 10 days to stay in an extended stay before we went back to Florida. Okay. Florida. When we left and went to Florida, it was terrible, one of the worst experiences. And we came back, we had 10 days in an extended stay. Right. You feel me? And I kind of took that as God said. Like, <laughs> and I was like, God, I, like, I never told you to leave. <laughs> You're coming back to what you love to. Like, there's a, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. It's, like a very good thing that it happened because it just goes to show so it's like you know you're trying to figure it out you're trying to go and during this whole time um it's just like yo god like if you gave me all this why are you doing this but it's like right i can see now what he was doing but i couldn't see it then yeah so of course like, ah what's going on like just to skip ahead a little bit but i'm gonna come back to this yeah yeah the mental toughness I got then tremendously right. exceeds me in that's what i am in like that's what i'm acknowledging now yeah i mean i'm sure yeah. you can look back on it with like you know the way you're telling the story now is like not humorous but you can kind of just be like gosh like what i was going through was just like how is this continue keep happening but i'm sure what you were experiencing at the time was just like you like were probably like geez like you're just down and struggling and like that's not yeah i mean that's really gonna test your resolve and resiliency and your ability to just continue to show up and continue to right. show up every day that's and number two it, it, it also shows like how much do you trust me and from god yeah you wow me? You feel me? Like, how much right. you trust me? Like, you're going through a situation with how much you trust. And I was like, I never was suicidal, but I remember I told God at one point, I was honest. I was like, God, if this is all you have for me, take me yeah. now. Right. I'm not suicidal, but if this is it, if this is my life, if this is what's going on, take me now. Like, there's right. no point in, like, what's the point of being here? You feel me? So, 
Um, but like I said, it's going through this trial and um and all this stuff, and it's just dealing. It's like going through the motions. Not too much is happening during this period of time. Like nothing. I'm not stable enough to even start one businesses. So we're just doing just enough to pay by and praise God to all the people that He sent. You know, people who like may have paid for us to get a room and other things. So it's yeah. like I appreciate tremendously like those people. You guys all host those very special places. Um, but then um as we're going through the journey. I remember, and I recommend nobody ever praise this prayer. I said, God, I've heard everybody else's testimonial, but I need my own. And I feel like that's like praying for patience because God's like, great, you want patience? Stand in line. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, he's giving me my own. He's giving my own things. Like, you got a testimonial, well, testimonial is coming yeah, a lot. Yeah, right. Things that come with it. But if you want it, <laughs> so it's like, as I'm going through this journey, I'm like, yo, like, what's going on? Like, why is this happening? And then I give you an example. Um, during this time, I got contracted by the government, FEMA, like three years into my journey. I got contracted by the government. For oh, FEMA. wow. Okay. Two years into my journey. FEMA came in and they um, flew me out to Dallas. I had a clearance with the Department of Homeland Security. I wow. Was, I've done over 300 home inspectors for the government um, and claims. And I was making like 2500 a week. Nice. So like, yeah. This is great. I'm finna, my life's going to turn around. Get some money, right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going from zero to 2500 <laughs> I got a job tree logging before that. If you ever tree log, no. you have a tree log, never do it. <laughs> but I had a job tree logging, and my boss was sometimes paying, sometimes didn't. He's like, oh, it's short. But I'm like, I'm the youngest one. And yeah. the tree logging, they're like, oh, you're the youngest. Oh, you still got back. So lift this heavy stuff. Yeah, know? right, right. Of course. So, so it's like, but I went from like zero to zero to twenty five hundred working for the government. I'm like, it's great, but I still have the same habits. So I'm still spending. Uh, I'm buying dumb stuff, and God is like, I elevated you higher than I did mm, last time. Still went. Yeah, you haven't learned the lessons yet. Yeah, exactly. So now I got to go back, and I'm staying on my auntie for a while. And when I'm staying on my auntie, that's when I got a job at Walmart. I started um, this game better understanding. I started like really kind of not fully comprehending what's going on, but starting to click like, okay, maybe this is happening because of this. Maybe it was going on. And to mm -hmm. summarize it up, at the end of my journey, while there's a lot of lessons in there, the biggest thing is, is for me, I was my class speaker. I was always like the leader. I was always this person. So I always had to think about myself, like you can't fail. Like failure mm -hmm. is not who you are. Yeah. And hmm. At the end of my journey, I just learned like my journey turned around when I finally took a step back and said, you know what? I failed. I didn't, I failed for five years. Like while I'm learning, I'm doing everything. I failed. I didn't wow. do what I was supposed to do. And when I was able to do that, and I remember I was sitting on my auntie porch and I literally pushed back from a table and I was like, this is what's going on. This is my life. This is what I'm dealing with. This is blah, blah, blah. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like literally just going through, like listing everything. This is like a 10 minute rant. Like imagine somebody talking in a room by themselves for 10 minutes. Just out <laughs> this is what's going on. And I remember at the end of everything, I was like, and I'm okay. And yeah. I don't know what happened in that moment. But when I said, wow. I'm okay, it was like all the pressure and stress I had dealt with for five years was just off of me. Wow. Like you failed. And you did all this stuff, but you're okay. And it was right. like, once pressure was off, I was able to focus. Literally within, yeah. within, I kid you not, within six months of having that conversation, I was literally back on my feet. Wow, dude. Like from wow. zero. Like literally six months. Band. Jeez. Yeah. There's there's two really big things there that I want to highlight a little bit. Is like one, because I, you know, I can very much empathize. And I had a similar thing with like the... 
um, the failure thing. Like I remember I like when I was first getting started and inevitably whenever you're getting started in business, like your first one couple businesses or the first one you start, it's going to fail. Like that's just, it's going to happen. I but like, the biggest failures in the world. That's it, man. Like you just, <laughs> you got to embrace it and you got to reframe failure a little bit and just see it as like, you know, you're learning and you're, you're getting started. But like, I, I had the same sort of deal of like, I don't want to fail. And then like, I have failed so many times in businesses that like, I can't even count it anymore. You know what I mean? Like I used to be like, I failed with this business and this business and I'd count it on one hand. And now it's happened so many times that like, I, it's, I don't even know how many to count anymore. So that's one. I, I really like like your, your perspective on that. And then the other one of, so the other thing that I took from that and that I can empathize and relate with is your, your frame of reference for life now of coming from a like coming from homelessness to where you came back from and sort of like, okay, and I'm still here. I went through all that and I'm still here and I'm okay. Like that frame of reference gives you an ability to now accept the challenges that life is going to throw at you and the responsibilities and like the, the pressure sometimes. So like my frame of reference that I like am not thankful for, grateful for, but something that I experienced growing up as a young kid. So I lost my mom at a really young age, right? Like I was four and she passed. It was just random. She was gone. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's still something that affects, you know, me to the day, of course, but you know, what's interesting about it is like my frame of reference now for life is like, you know, well, one, I have my dad to look at and be like, I used to ask him all the time, like, how did you How'd you do it? Like, how did you figure that out? Like you had me, you had my brother. Like, I just don't understand how you manage that. And he's just like, I didn't give myself a choice. Like I just, I showed up and I continued to do it. Like I just didn't give myself a choice. And so now when I am met with things in my business or like personal issues or just something that like arises that I am like, like I start to doubt myself or I get scared or whatever that is, whatever that feeling is, my frame of reference that I go back to is like, well, my dad lost his wife and figured out a way to like keep me and my brother and like our family together. And we're still here. Like we made it through, we're here now. So like that frame of reference to now sort of compare things against is like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, my feeling towards it is like, you know, if I, if my dad could figure that out, like, I think I can figure some of this stuff out that like I'm dealing with on a normal basis. You know what I mean? It's the same for you, right? Like if you have that frame of reference of like, I went to the, to most people's probably like worst outcome is like you end up homeless. And now you're back to yeah. it. It's like, man, you can't really get defeated by a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> That's a fact. Literally, man, like, honestly, for me, I'll be honest with you, like, whenever somebody says anything, I literally always say, like, for me, in business, it helps me so much because, like, I feel like yes. the only thing that's worse is death. Like, uh, yes. Yes. So, you're 100% like, right. Yeah. Like, the only thing that's worse is literally death. So... And it's going to happen anyways. Like so many people like have the fear, like that's the, if you get to the root root, if you strip away everything and you get to the root, that's what drives a lot of people's fear is like ultimately a fear of death. And that's going to happen regardless. And I mean, it's Hormozy's thing, right? Like six months Mm -hmm. after you die, everybody's going to forget. So like might as well do the things that you want to do anyways, because people are going to forget about you in the first place. So like, it's kind of like, it's, it's, you know, a little dark, but it's also a bit freeing when you accept it. You're like, yeah, like oh, he's right. Like he's essentially right. Yeah. It's like, yo, like I made it through all this stuff right here. I've been yes. homeless. I know what did it go? It's like, think about it. Most of the successful people you meet, not all of them, but most of the ones I looked up to, they were homeless. Yeah. So I remember one point in my journey, I was literally like, this is just my such and such story. This is my, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, now that I'm in here, it's like, 
I tell people they're like, they're like, yo, you have a high risk tolerance. You can, yeah. bro, I've been homeless. Like I've literally, <laughs> picked, off, I've, I've literally picked candies yes. up off of the ground. Like right. <laughs> straight up, dude. Now, so mind like, you, I have a higher risk tolerance. I'm more calculated now. I'm very yes. calculated. I don't make dumb risk right. choices. I don't do dumb stuff. Right. But right, right. at the same time, I have, bro, the next thing, the next step is death. And like, you yeah, dude, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Yeah, and like I want to highlight something else. Like for me, the model I live my life by is literally what's on this shirt right now, which is confidence. Mm. I feel like confidence depends on your gifts, talents, and abilities, but confidence yes. depends on the plans God has for your life. Because at the end of the day, we fail yeah. ourselves. No matter how much you try to say I'm the number one, you fail yourself at some point. But as long as I know that God's plan is bigger and God's plan is perfect, I can rely on that. I may not see it. I may not have a full understanding of everything that's yeah. going on. Right. But I God's plan is perfect. So as long as I keep going, he's either going to move me back in position or he's going to keep pushing me ahead in the direction I'm going. Dude, man, I like anybody listening, write that one down. Like, that's <laughs> it. This is why like our conversations, like you say these things and I'm just like, dude, like where's a pencil? <laughs> Thankfully, I have this one recorded so I can go back and listen to it. Nice. Man, I love it, dude. Like Again, this is like a, it goes back to what I was saying at the top of the podcast is like so much of my thesis around this is like people see you know, you playing at this level and they're like, wow, like, you know, you're doing this cool things. It's just like, you got to understand the journey and like the cause that led to this effect of like where you are now and like the mindset that you have, the way that you operate in your business, the decisions and the ability that you're able to take the confidence and courage that you have in making some of these decisions. Like, like, yeah, people want that, but mm. they don't want to go through being homeless. You know what I mean? Mm. But like being homeless leads to like the feeling that you are now. So it's like, it's you it's want. just an interesting way to to see it. I always tell my friends this because you know, like even my friends, as you, I'm pretty sure people watching, as you know, you get successful, people around you are like, oh my god, you're so great, everything's fine. Yeah, right. But bro, I'm 27, right? Yeah. You're looking at three years of my life and thinking it's all 27. Like yes. this is three years. Yeah. This is literally just three years. There's 24 years of my life where it was fail, 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 Man. fail. And you see these three years and you automatically assume that, yo, this man has always been like this. I have always been this person. Right. But I was not always in this position. So if you count the whole 27 years, like if we factor this out, what's that? I'm like one, <laughs> <laughs> like one ninth of my life right. has been this good. And the yeah. other eight ninths have literally just been like. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, I like that you said like the full 27 years, because like, I think, you know, some people talk about like their failures just from like, or like their career started like you know when they started working right like yeah. i've been working since i was like 19 or 20 but like i've been evolving and becoming who i am and now how i am in business for yeah i mean i turned 26 next you know next week right so like yeah. it's been 25 years of just like failing <laughs> my way and like dealing with a lot of like you know from losing a parent to like you know my baseball career not going the way that i wanted to to like the first business that i started getting cut out by a business partner like it's just it's all those things that now accumulate to like forming a good character of who we are but like the real big lesson of it is like regardless of all those things like we still show up and it's our mindset and how we view those things and reframe them to make it like powerful for us have like not pointed at all these things and being like cuz what a lot of people do is like they just like again this is another thing that my dad used to tell me a lot is like just don't be a victim you like can't be a victim to like the circumstances like we could have just been like man like this is you know life's so hard like we lost our parent like I lost my mom and like you know there's just nothing we can do about it it's just like but I'm not going to be a victim about it like I'm going to you know I'm going to turn that mess into like what my masterpiece is now and wear that and like people meet you like your energy and even same thing with me it's like you know we we love this stuff but like people would never guess that like 
that's kind of the situation that like we come from, right? So like, it's just, yeah. again, it's just a real interesting way to, to view it all. Uh, absolutely. It's like, everybody looks at you and they automatically assume like, yo, it's just always going to, oh, it has, right. it was hard. I didn't grow yeah, up with Silver Spoon. I didn't grow up with people around me to go. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I never saw a successful black man who didn't sell drugs until I was literally in Georgia. And I joined the 100 Black Men of America when I got here. I remember one of, I can't remember his name. I, ah, it sucks, but I can't remember his name. But I remember like I was kept going and I'm looking and I'm going and I was like, one day I remember I asked him, I was like, have you ever sold drugs? Like I was blunt. I was like, have you ever <laughs> sold drugs? And he was like, no, I went to college. I did this. I did All that. Right, too. Yeah. And I was like, like, you've never, like, you know what I'm saying? Mind you, I will talk this over, but this is where I come from. Like, yo, you've never been on the block. You've never been like, you've never been out late nights. Like you ain't never yeah. touched no dope, no nothing. He was right. like, no. And what that did for me, like what that did for me, and I feel like entrepreneurs do for our friends and stuff, is for me, that was like, yo, maybe there is another way. Because where I come from, we only got three options, ball, medical, or jail or dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like, ball is like one in a million, while right. like my cousin's in the NFL now. Really? Um, wow. Somebody else, Doron Scott, that's my cousin. Shout out, yeah. I think second cousin. Um, he's he's in the NFL. Yeah. We have um other family members who are supposed to go to the NFL and some supposed to go to basketball. Of course. The other ones either going to medical and then like half of being honest, half of my childhood friends are either dead or in jail. Damn man. More than half. So it's like you see now and you see the journey and people think everything's been great, but it's like it really hasn't. I just kept growing. And one of the mm. things and in, in, in Iron Forms, it's a Christian men's forum, and we have meetings every third week. Third week, they they, they always say you're the king of quotes, but I always <laughs> tell them this. I'm like, yo, one of the most important, like one of the most important things that people don't do that hold them back for years is they don't accept. And what I mean by that is this: when I said I'm okay, I accepted that this is what happened. This is where life got to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is where I am. I didn't accept that it was going to keep happening. I just accepted that it did happen. I accepted the past, but I didn't accept the future it was presenting to me. And I think that's the key thing. So people, life happens, mm. their family does this, their friends do this, their mom did that. These people didn't believe in me. These people didn't support me. And they stayed there. Mm -hmm. You can accept, when you can accept that this is what happened to me, this is what's going on. I'm not going to let it happen again. Mm already happened when you can accept you can move past it mm -hmm. you know like most of the time when like when like a family member passed away you know like i lost my grandfather earlier last year me and my grandfather were super close yeah and my friends like you know i feel so bad i said i'm not sad that my grandfather is gone i'm sad i'll never get to see him again and what i meant by that is my grandfather was suffering so i don't want him to stay here and suffer just because i want him here with me but i am sad that i won't get to see him again so for me, i accept that he's gone i just wish he wasn't Right. You feel me? Versus, yeah. I can't believe he's gone. And when yeah. I was there, it helped the grieving process speed up a lot for me. Wow. And so now the things I do is like, yo, let me honor my grandfather. I can do this. Yes. But a lot of people in life, an average person who goes through their day to day, whether it's a nine to five, whether they're just making ends meet, whatever, they can't accept what's going on in their life. And if you can't accept something, you can't move past it. Mm. You know I mean? If you don't accept, like, 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 if you gamble, I don't gamble, but if you gamble and you go to, to Las Vegas, you have to accept the dealer to deal you cards before you can ever get a chance to win, mm. right? So you have to accept <laughs> that. Okay, I'm going to accept that <clears throat> I'm going to start playing this game and then I can start playing and I may win some, I may lose some, but if I lose, I got to accept that I lost and keep going. Or I say, you know what? I accept I lost and I'm done. Mm -hmm. but it all comes to acceptance, but people don't do that. They, wow. 
no, these people never believe me and I'll never right. get over it. Well, now you're stuck there. You're stuck in 2015 yep. and 2023. Yep. You're stuck in one year of your life for the next eight years. Yes. And that's why most people stay there. And then they get, you know, 30, they get to their 60s and 70s and they're like, oh man, even their 50s. They're like, yeah, man, I could have done so much more. Right. Stuck there because you couldn't accept right. what was going on then to move past it. Yeah. It's just taking massive responsibility, accountability. It's my fault, essentially. Like it, it goes back to what my dad would, would always say about being a victim. It's just, again, it's just like, this is it's on me to do something about this. So man, seriously, like <clears throat> I really appreciate you being, you know, vulnerable and talking about it because this is, you know, I think is very important and valuable for people to hear. It's just raw and it's real. And like, this is the stuff that, you know, this is just real life. So let that, that's the personal stuff. That's the background. Let's yeah. get into some of the, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about business. Let's talk about. Let's lighten the mood, guys. <laughs> so, so like I said at the top again, one of the, you know, again, one of the quotes that every time you and I talk, like there's just, you, you, you rattle something real quick. And I'm just like, dude, that was so like, that was succinct. That was it. And we were talking last time we had our conversation and we were talking about sort of like what I was, what I was framing to you and sort of what I've experienced, you know, in the past in my own business is like, I have hit a cap in my time, right? Like yeah. running a running the consulting business and me being sort of the solopreneur kind of like structure that I'm in, right? Like there's a, a cap to my, to the, to the variable or the resource that I'm leveraging, which is my time and my labor, right? There's a cap to it. I can only do essentially so much. And there was something that you said to me that again, it's just rang true in my head and it's just stuck okay. with me. And I almost like, I just got to get it somewhere. Like I just had to have it <laughs> down. So it was, you said a hundred K a year is all about, you and the, you know, who you are and your skills and you like building yourself up and hundred K a month is all about the environment that you built around you and the people that you bring now onto your team. And it Absolutely. was, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I feel like I've like starting to, I've, you know, over the last year or so I've, I've understood it a little bit more. And I'm, you know, if like going back to like, just like the basic, you know, Robert Kiyosaki flow quadrant of like employee, self-employed, a business owner to investor. Like I'm very much in that kind of growth of like, cause I went from the employee to like breaking into self-employment and like being a business owner, or almost like basically like being like when I was first getting started and I encourage a lot of people to start this is like when you're first getting into entrepreneurship, at least the path that I took was like building other people's businesses essentially, which is like a lot of what I still do, right? Like being a consultant, like I'm helping other people build their business, but breaking into sort of like now owning a system, owning a process and productizing a service and building people around me to, you know, carry out a certain objective. And I am owning people, process strategies and systems. Mm -hmm. That is very new for me. And you said it as well. Like, you know, you have your hands in a lot of things. And I even said it, I was like, how, how do you do all this stuff, dude? And you're like, I have a team. And like, <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago when I moved to Vegas and I was living with um, one of my buddies and he was the first guy that I was around that was doing hundred K a month. And he said it to me, he's like, I have a team. And like, it may, it clicked for me then. And like, I had the experience of building a team around me. And then, you know, me and my business partner went separate ways and all that good stuff. I've talked about that a ton of times. So I found yeah. myself back into like, you know, being the consultant again. Um, and just thinking about like, what's the vehicle, you know, to build and kind of systematize a process around and sort of start to build a team a bit. But can you just speak to your, you know, process of building out a team around you? I mean, obviously you were doing it at such a young age with your long care business. So like, <laughs> you've been doing it for a long time, but like, just talk to me about like what your structure looks like now and sort of just like how you have grown so much over the last year. Just, you know, like, yeah. you know, when, I, when we first got connected, I knew what you were doing and now, you know, where you're at now, it was just like blown, blew me away. Like the revenue numbers that you guys are hitting. So yeah. Talk yeah. to me about like your structure and just sort of your 
mindset around that of like, you know, systematizing a process, owning that and building a team and just like empowering an environment around you and building people around you. Okay. So um, I would say everything we do in life, like all the jobs I've worked, I took something from them that I implemented in what I'm doing now. Yeah. So, you know, like when I worked at Walmart, when I sold cable, when I sold cars and I sold whatever, I took important aspects of that when I came to build my team now. So the reason I got into this mindset even more so was because of my last company, Squad Scout Foundation, we used to systematize and organize people's companies, put in you know, mm -hmm. everything just to scale. And I didn't do it for myself. I did it for others. It's like a mechanic who doesn't work on his own car. Right. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, so right. Yes. It, it got in the theme. So <laughs> I was just like, um, I was working like 16, 17 hours a day and I was getting burned out. And yeah. um, that, that partnership kind of flamed out because of a lot of different things. But part of it was also burnout and whatnot. Right. So when I came into my new company, I knew off rip, I was like, I'm not working 17 hours a day. I'm hard. <laughs> Listen, shout out to team no sleep. I'm team get sleep. I'm team, <laughs> I'm team get sleep. You know I mean? Yeah, so, say it again for the people in the back, man. Right, team, team get sleep, sleep over people, here. You know? Be sleep. Team, yeah. Take care of yourself. So, so like for me, what I did is I was like, okay, I got to build a team. So when I first started out, it was me, Jamie, sorry. and Aaron. I could, sorry. sorry. I got an album. Okay. Yeah. So um so so basically when I started my um my new company, I was like, okay, I gotta go. So it was me, Jay Z, and Aaron. Mm -hmm. Um business partners. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Z does operations, Aaron does sales and marketing. When I brought Aaron in, I have I've known Aaron for like four years. Nice. I was like, I knew he was very detail oriented. Yep. Shout out to people like me. I'm not the most detail oriented person. <laughs> I'll tell you now. <laughs> and Gen Z. Gen Z is amazing. Like when I brought Gen Z on, I was more so like, yo, you know, I want to help. I want to help him. I see he's trying to get on his journey. I, I wish I would have had somebody to help me when I started. Yeah. And dude is a killer, like CEO. Like, Love it, dude. Or they're two superstars. God bless me. I got two superstars on my team. Yeah. It's like the foundational core when I first started doing what I'm doing now. And so um, from that point on, we we were doing very well, but we didn't scale with what we were doing. So, you know, like you have a lot of, we, we outsourced a lot. Like we were just outsourcing this company and that. And outsourcing is great when you're first starting out. It is terrible when you're scaling. Hmm. Because is it a similar service, like similar offering of what you guys are doing now? Like similar yeah, so, business model? Uh, yeah. So back then it was just like the, the um, Amazon FBA and stuff okay. like that. Yep. And also part of dropshipping too. And so, you know, we was outsourcing the other team to do stuff. And okay. it was a disaster, man. You know, like certain teams, you know, a store gets suspended, they or they don't care. You know, they're right. like, hey, there's more stories. It's like, bro, like these people pay money that like, we got to go. So yeah. it was terrible. So then we brought on, um, we brought on Brandon as like a customer service rep. Because, you know, like it gets draining when it's like, you, you, you're trying to fix something that's breaking. Like you can scale too fast and we genuinely did. Yeah. So, we scale too fast and it's like stuff is starting to break and it's like customer service complaints are filing up and things are going wrong. So we're like, oh, so we got to figure this out. So we hired Brandon and Brandon was another godsend, man. Brandon now, he's like, he's like over all my staff. Like he's, mm. he, he works right under Gen Z. Brandon is, Brandon's like a second Gen Z. You feel me? So Brandon came in, he started customer service, but then Brandon started like helping us systematize with software. Mm -hmm. Streamline the process and right. doing this and doing that and started. And so Brandon started hiring people. And so I always say like, if you want to truly scale the company, you build it out in generations. Generation one was me, Gen Z, and Aaron. Generation mm. two was Brandon, Renzi, and Kyler. Right. Generation three, you know, so on and so forth as it continue to build. Yes. So now I think I have like 25 to 30, 30 people that are all in. Dude, yes. Yeah, like, so it's all like right. each generation, like, I don't even do, I very rarely do interviews now. I very rarely, right. I think the last time I did an interview was because I wanted to, and it was for our social media manager. And that was just because mm -hmm. I wanted to get them on there. You right. me? But I don't have to do it. Like they'll be like, oh, hey, we got a new team. Oh, that's what's up. Never met them. 
mean? I mean, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, we just hired them. I was like, oh, hey, how you doing, man? But, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's the team building aspect of it, right? Right. But you go to the empowering aspect to get your team to do that. You have to understand, and this is another lesson I learned from being homeless. You don't have to be the best. And yes. I think so ingrained. I got to be the best. I got to be the best. Bro, I don't want to be the best. If you are better than me, great. What is your average? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how much can I pay you? So, like, man, that's you know? great, dude. Yes. Yeah. So well, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 well, it's just so important because it's like, it's a, I feel like one of the first transitions an entrepreneur needs to go through is like, it doesn't need to be me that's going to do everything, right? Like I have to be the one that's going to do it all. And it can't be you essentially, if you're going to continue to grow and scale. But then the other thing that like where people get limited is like, it might be an ego thing, but like they want to be the best or smartest person on the team. Like having somebody that is more advanced or better than them, like challenges their ego or whatever it is. I'm not going to speak to it because I don't know what that feels like mm-hmm. entirely yet of building out a team. But like what you just said is so valuable. It's like, I want, I want a players around me. Like <laughs> I need, like, I want, I want those people to be better at, than me. And you know, this is something that, cause I've, I've really, uh, I've listened to a lot of Hermosi talk about this because he talks about building a team yeah. so much and so much of like, he talks about it, right? He's like, the reason why I'm able to do what I do is because I have a badass team around me. He's like, if, if you want a players around you, like you have to be, they want an A leader and you have to be that person. Like you have to, that's what's so interesting about that whole thing is like, again, zero to hundred K is all about you. And then at some point you got to be like, it's not about me anymore. And it's about empowering the team around me and like letting go of that. Like this needs to be all about me. Or even if like, it's about the amount of income that I'm making. Like when you're just like, I'm building out the process and the team and the strategies, like the money sort of just like, that's the byproduct of you doing all yeah. the right things of like putting all the process in place. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like you, a, a lot of people want to go in, like they focus on the money. And I did too when I first started. Of course, on, yeah, absolutely. Money. And that was my mistake. That's why I scaled too fast. I didn't yeah. scale properly. But when you scale, understanding that I can make, I know I can make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. But let me make sure I'll be able to maintain making this amount. Because right. it's like the guy who goes to the gym. You see him in there, he cranks out, you know, 300 on a bench press. He does one rep and he goes, you're like, yo, that dude's strong. But but if you want to be honest, the strongest person in that gym is a dude who's doing 250 and doing three sets of 10. You're right. like, that, that's a strong dude. That he probably should not him out. Yeah. You know I mean? That guy just max. Yes. But that 250 probably going there. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> it's like you if if I know I can do it, why not build out the system to maintain it? Because if right. you get it breaks, your system will shatter. Right. As you get to certain levels in your business, and it's different for every business, it will shatter. Your foundation will shatter. Mm. That's why big companies spend billions, millions and billions of dollars for, um, what is it, forecast analysts. They right. look for looking for kinks. They're constantly trying to repair holes in their system because yes. they understand that it's going to break. And part right. of that is they're not a system. Mm. A lot of people think systems and automation is literally just software. No, it is people. Mm. So what I did is I understood yeah. I've had really good managers and I've had really bad managers. So I said, I need to make an environment that was Google-esque. People wanted to come in here. They hmm. love working with us. They love what we're going to do. They're going to work hard. And they're going to genuinely say, I love working for these guys. Yeah. I feel like even with my team, if I'm not there and it was a blind test and they and there was no thing, if you ask them, they will literally say like, yo, we appreciate them. I'll give you an example. I told my team, I was like, yo, how much do you guys want to make? I definitely make you guys pay more. I have never had anybody ever tell me this. They literally said, we just love the opportunity to work here and being with you guys is a real pleasure. So we don't even want to really, we don't really care about making more money. We just have the opportunity you already gave us. It's like, yo, you did a really good job building. So for me, 
Uh, the culture wanted to build. I put a lot into culture of like, yo, we're here. Like, I'm not super corporate. I'm not super like, oh, but da, da, da. like you have to have that in your business. But if that's not your personality, your business is an extension of you. It's like, yes. So if you're not super serious, why are you gonna make a business super duper? Like we got to do this by the book and everything. Mm. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like once you know the rules, you can break them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We got to, we got to, hey, <laughs> we gotta have a certain etiquette. Okay. But how close to that etiquette do we have to have? Like, hmm. Finite or can I like bend the rules? And so, like, it's like in my team, that's just how it is. So it's like my team is so empowered, they go. But I'll tell you to um from a CEO's perspective to all the CEOs watching this podcast, I'll tell you this. You have your core team, and you decide who that is. My core team is Gen Z and Aaron. I feel like Mm -hmm. if I have any business, if I take Gen Z Aaron, we're successful. Right. You have to get your team to understand the way that you think and process stuff. So when they make decisions, they don't always have to come to you. I remember when we first started, mm-hmm. Gen Z, like, Hey, I want to run this by you. Hey, I want to run this by you. And I would answer after a certain point, Gen Z would be like, Hey, I want to run this by you. And I'd be like, I'm not answering that. And he'll be like, he'd be like, I just want to make sure I'm not answering that. He'd be like, uh, he'd be like, I just want to know. I'd be like, well, what do you think? He'd be like, he'd be like, well, I'm thinking we should do this right here. Okay, so why are you asking me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I wanted to like, yo, you first off, believe in yourself. And yes. two, if you understand the way I think, you'll be like, okay, I see why we should do it this way. Right. And then now you can make their own decision. So Jeans and Aaron started hiring out their teams. And mm-hmm. then their teams start hiring out their teams. Yes. As it goes. And mind you, me and Jeans and Aaron are all business partners. I'm the CEO, Jeans is COO. Aaron's the CEO. Um, um, the, he calls himself CRO, Chief brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, we're all equals, right? but I'm technically the leader in this case. You feel me? Yes. And so I have to make them believe in their decision makers more. And I have to get them to understand how I think. So when they process decisions, they'll be able to make decisions without coming to me because the true goal of a CEO or a business owner is to become a founder. And I always say when you're a founder, mm. that means you can, your business is going to the point where you're not necessary. And I love mm. a quote that Taylor said. Taylor said, when a business is properly staffed, the owner is the biggest liability. But when a business is not properly staffed, the owner is the biggest asset. Uh, so in the cases where you don't build your wow. team up, understaffed, you are an asset. You absolutely are the go-to guy you know yes. what to do. Right. But when you are building up this team, you got to let go and understand that, yo, you have to give them the opportunity to fail. Hmm. Just how you learn through your failures, they're not going to make every decision right. They're not going to do everything right. They're not going right. to have everything but if I give them the opportunity to do that, then they'll learn some of the same lessons that I learned. So now they're less dependent on, hey, Anthony, let me ask you something. Or, hey, Noah, let me ask you. And I'm like, right. oh, I know what to do now. You empower them. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, man. That's really, really powerful. Very powerful. And very like interesting for me to just to reflect and learn on it as well. Because again, this is something that I'm still actively learning and just like going through the process. And like, I think for a while I was like, well, you know, I'm... I can't like, I, I can't do that. I can't do it. And then like, it's just like anything else. It's just like, if I keep telling myself that, like, I'm just not going to embrace it. But like, I just got, I mean, like, I'm going to fail hiring people and learning it. But like, it's just, you know, it's interesting about it. It's like, there's fire somebody today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, know, I didn't have, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't fire them though. Somebody else fired them. Fire, but fire today. <laughs> somebody got hired. That's great. <laughs> but like, what's interesting about it is like, there's, there's not a whole lot of else of like other good or bigger problems to solve other than like something like that. You know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. else? That's like, that's the problem. That's the problem to solve. Yeah. Literally, man, like 
my website build out is handled by my um by, by my chief of marketing. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler goes and like he's he's taking the head of the project. He asks us for some things. He's coordinating meetings and everything for for our PR and stuff. We have to sell. That's Denzi's girlfriend. She's our um she's our marketing um marketing and sales coordinator. Yeah. She's handling the PR and making sure that everything is being coordinated. She she also handles the majority of the interviews. You know what I mean? It's like you have mm. these people to go. And I remember I was talking to Aaron because Aaron is Chinese. In Chinese culture, it is if you don't do the work, it's not as valuable. Uh, so me and Aaron had like a good conversation when I asked him. I said, let me ask you, is it more important? And mind you, both of these are super powerful. Is it more important to be the catalyst for growth or to create the environment for growth to happen? Mm. When you start out, you're the catalyst wow. because you're part of it. But if you make an environment where growth can happen, it's even better because mm. if there's no if there's no environment for growth to happen, then there's no need for a catalyst because nothing's going to grow here. Wow. It doesn't matter if if the soil is bad. I could plant the best plants <laughs> or whatever. It's right. not going to grow. I could put the best fertilizer. It's not going to grow. Sheesh. But if I create an environment where growth can happen, somebody else may be the catalyst. The second generation of my company, the third generation of my company may be the catalyst for this person to grow. Wow. But I have to first make that environment. Jeez, my goodness, man, that's that's <laughs> real. That was real right there. Again, like it's just <laughs> so good. Let's let's talk about so now that because you have the team, and mm -hmm. that creates some some more leverage with your time and some time freedom in that. I know you're involved in a lot of the other things that you're doing, and one of the things that I'm super curious about is your, you know, real estate development investing. What like what's that? How did you get started with that? Where does that come from? Like, how, why why real estate specific as like the vehicle of like, you know, building wealth or just investing or, you know, doing that as like your kind of capital allocation vehicle? Well, you know, like, where does that come from for you? And what are you involved in right now? Yeah. So like when I was growing up, when um, I was growing up, my uncle did construction. Yeah. And so he would pick me up at like six in the morning. I would go out and like do construction with him. And I loved it. I had so much fun. I, I very much like to work with my hands. Like I still do my own oil changes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so my uncle did it and I just always had a fascination. So even when I was homeless, if I was ever around the TV, I was watching HGTV, chipping you in the game. Oh like, yeah, all right. I was like, man, I want to do this. Do this. You feel me? And it just always fascinated me because I was like, yo, it's so dope to be able to build something. I'm very artistic too. I had to play six instruments growing up. So oh my I, goodness. All right. Yeah, float, what, what was flute, flute, piano, violin, viola, bass, and cello. Dude. So I, yeah, Jeez. so it was like, plus I could draw and stuff. So I was very artistic. So I was like, yes. oh, this is super fun. Right. And I did all these things. I was like, yeah, yeah. this like gets to invite, like, like this like business and art gets to come together. Yeah. And see it come to life. Yeah. Out. Right. <laughs> I was like, hey. So I just always genuinely loved it. And so when yeah. I finally got the opportunity to do it, I was like, yo, I'm going head first. I started out doing wholesaling. My first wholesale, okay. make 10,000. Yes. Uh, nice. Because the dude, you know, it was a, it was a lot of things. I do everything on a contract. I don't care if they're your best friend, do a contract, but like, <laughs> I didn't do it in a contract. I did it off of good faith. And he was like, oh, I didn't make as much. Now, mind you, I, you know, just a side note, this deal was a three property deal. Each property was sold for $80,000. The ARB on all three properties was like 890,000. Okay. With appraisal that was up to date was done within the last two months. Okay. You have on each house was roughly around sixty thousand because it was gonna be a lot of work. Okay. About twenty, you got the three houses at um what eighty a piece, so that's yep. um eighty eighty. That's um two forty plus you know the forty on um, the eighty thousand the six thousand for each rehab which is one eighty. So that's one eighty plus that two forty four twenty all in. But yeah. it's 
RD at 890. Right. And he, he was like, oh, I didn't make that much money. So he only sent me 1600. He was supposed to send me 2000, but he's like, oh, I got to take out your taxes, bro. I don't work for you. So what taxes are you taking? Yeah. Out? What do you mean? But like, <laughs> you feel me, right? Like, so yeah, that's like, Harry. Yeah, it was like, so he gave me 1600 and I was like, mm. yo, you couldn't tell me made that. He's like, no, that's all I did. And he did a double close. So if you don't know what a double close in real estate, that is basically, let's say there's me, Noah, and somebody else. And I'm the wholesaler. And I go to Noah and I say, you know, I buy your house. I do everything great. And Noah says, cool. So I think I'll find another buyer or seller because I can't just assign a contract for whatever reason. So I got a double close. So I'm going to, you know, sign a sign an agreement with the seller saying um, the, the, the other end buyer. And I'm going to, you know, sell this house to them. Right. So the lender is going to take his funds. You, of course, every lender is different. And sometimes there are transactional funds you can use. The lender is going to take his money. They're going to use it for your transaction, me and you. So you, I'm going to buy the house from you. I'm going to close using his funds. Yep. And then like a second later, that property is going to be sold directly from me to him. So in chain and title command, I'm going to be on there. Yeah. But I've only owned it for a second. Right. As soon as it sold to me, I sold it to him. Yeah. And you're collecting the difference. Yeah, exactly. But the difference is, is if you do a traditional wholesale deal, you can see the final HUD and it'll show my assignment fee. If you do a double close, it'll only show. So say me, you and agreed at 130. It's only going to show 130 as a sale. Okay. Okay. If I do for him. Yeah. His HUD is going to say for, let's say 170, 180, 200. Right. So you will never know how much I made. Got deal. it. So I never was able to like be like, oh, proof. But I'm like, the deal was too good. Like as bad as this dude was being over, he was too good. Right. So, you know, I um, I learned from that. But um, like I said, I went through the wholesale deal. I went through the um, process of that. And then when I finally was able to start getting to flipping, bro, I was just like, yo, we're doing this. So, <laughs> so we are today. <laughs> All right. Very cool. That was the first thing that I ever learned too. Maybe even like one of the very first like real estate programs or just like like business starting programs was was wholesaling. And like, yeah. I was so, I was so like overmatched and had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was like, just like 16, yeah. 17 and like was still playing baseball. And was like <laughs> thought I was going to do this. <laughs> like, I think I made like, two calls and was so like, uh, I was just so like anxious about it. and was like, oh, I'm not gonna do but pursuing that got me into like doing marketing for real estate and mortgage. And like, they just, they, it's so interesting yeah. for me because they just talk about it all day long. of just like investing. And now like who I work with now is like big into the fix and flip and like has yeah. uh, experience doing it. So yeah, it's just something that I'm always super curious about but yeah i mean it's so talk to me a little bit about like your your personal relationship with money because that's something that i'm very fascinated by is just like how yeah. people view money and how it affects the decisions they make and the essentially like the quality of life that they live and the experience of life that they're living but like talk to me about your relationship with money how it was growing up and how it sort of developed and evolved over time as you have you know uh, your business has grown, your income has grown, you're involved in more real estate transactions. You see, you know, the amount of money that's out there and the, like what's possible, like where, where are you at with it right now? Like how, how's your relationship with money now? Um, to be honest, I have a way better relationship when I was yeah. growing up. Like I said, the environment I come from is get as much money as you can be as rich, you know, chains, gold teeth, all that. Yeah, right. So I'm being honest. It's an affair. Yeah, of course. You know, but now that I'm older for me, bro, it's literally like, you have to make money to live in our society, unfortunately. It yeah, it's inevitable. Comes to the territory. You can't, like, it's it's very hard to live a fun life. Yeah. But I always tell people, like, money should never come at the cost of your happiness. Because, like, so like, I, I ask my friends a question. I'll say, if you had no money, but you were completely happy, well, not, not, not that. I say, if you're poor, but you're completely happy, would you be okay? They're like, no, because I can never be happy being poor. And that's the wrong answer. 
Because think about it. If you're happy, you don't know you're poor. You're only poor by other people's standards. But by mm. your own, you're very wealthy. You feel me? Because you have happiness. Everybody equates money to happiness. And right. even for the time I created, you make more money, you're more happy. You make more money, yeah. you're more happy. And you see on Instagram all the time, what do people say? Oh, well, I'd rather cry in a Bentley than anything. <laughs> you're saying that until you're in that Bentley and, and it's about to be repossessed. Yeah, right. <laughs> you feel me? So yeah. it's, like, it's like for me, where I am in my life right now, it's like, while I am doing my money, it's mostly to give back. I want to create the opportunity. Like I want to open communities. Yeah. I want to be able to, you know, go. I have a homeless men's group home out here in Decatur called Reach right. Out with Industries. You feel me? Like, All right, I have, yeah. I have things like for me, half the businesses I do is just to either see if I could do it or because I genuinely find it fun. Like it's yeah, not like dude. going in and saying, I want to make, I want to make a bunch of money. Is it cool to make my money? Yeah, I have certain goals I want to hit. Like, well, I want to make this amount of money. I want to make that. Yeah. But if it's just like a like I turn down business opportunities at least once a week where people are like, we should do this because I know it's going to cost me my happiness. Or it's going to cost me my time because yes, I can make more money and that's great. But mm-hmm. I want to be happy, bro. My goal is to be happy. If if mm-hmm. I could have it my way, I'm going to be honest with you, like true, true transparency. If I could have it my way, I would rather, you know, have a wife, some kids, be chill. Everything's taken care of when we go about our day. As long as I have that, I don't have it yet, but as long as I have that one, yeah. everything else, like I'm young now, so you know, mm-hmm. I have like and stuff. But, yeah, you got time. Yeah, if it all came down to it, bro, I'll take that any day. This right here is stressful. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. I really like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's my, you know, it's it's a big part of my own, um, you know, philosophy or just like um, motivation behind starting like this podcast and having these conversations was like, because it was something that I went through in my my business partnership that I had in 2021. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like that was my first. And I think I even talked about it with you. Like that was my first real like um, experience with earning or having a business that was generating like revenue at a really high velocity. And it was, it was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And this was like everything that I was working towards. And then six months into we got there and I was like, I don't, I don't feel any better or different. And I'm almost always like, I'm almost disillusioned with like, what do I do now? Essentially? Like I just, I had wrapped up all of my goals around like making a certain amount of money. And then we were doing it. And I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And now like, again, like a big part of last year was sort of like finding my balance, my equilibrium again, after like things went our, you know, went sideways. And like my internal engine was like still wanting to earn that amount of money, but I was, finding so much more fulfillment and satisfaction out of my work last year, making, you know, less money. And I was like, well, this is interesting. Like I'm operating at a smaller scale, but I'm very much now, like I enjoy like my life so much. I have like a lot of control, like I'm getting my outcomes that I want. And so it's just interesting that people, because again, so many people like start a business or get into business. And again, I don't like generalizations, but like they're, that's the motivation. That's the mindset. And you and I started that way. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just like what gets you started. But I think when you start to see money as a tool and understand really what it is, it's just like a medium of exchange of value. And you start to really get deeper into like the words that you use when you are describing money. I think that's like when, you know, you start to just like unlock some of that relationship with it because there wasn't a lot of my, you know, there wasn't a lot of money for me growing up. It was apparent to me that like things were tight because, you know, there was just the Mm -hmm. circumstances that we were in. So it is like, I've like spent a lot of time just getting so deep into it and now reading a ton of, you know, money books and getting so deep into it and trying to figure it out. Like I'm happy to have built my relationship with it and see it so differently. But like, I mean, it's just like to think that it is going to 
solve all your problems. Like money solves money problems, right? Like mm. I love that quote. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> money doesn't really solve love problems. Money doesn't no. really solve emotional problems. It doesn't solve mental problems. Like no. it does mental problems that relate to money. But outside of that, it doesn't, bro. Because at the end of the 100%. day, I mean, think about it. And from a man's perspective, if you find a woman, a really good woman, she's not going to like, some women do care about finances and everything, but she's not really going to care. She cares about you as a person. Yeah. You, think, you would hope so, right? Like, yeah. you cared about me and my character. Yeah. Exactly. So like, you yeah. find you, you find the woman that's for you and you're trying to impress her all the money. She's like, I, don't, I, I like you as a person. I mean, this yeah. is cool. You know what I mean? And so right. you start to understand that, like, hmm. it's not necessarily like, like, I remember I had a conversation. My, well, I'll, I'll go back. My last business partner, um, Julius, Julius was like, he's like, yo, let me ask something. You know, I was like, what's up? He was like, now that we made this amount of money, how do you feel? I was like, no different. Like, I just want to know how to do it again. <laughs> that was the thing. This is not like, because like you, just like you said, you think like you, you're going to make this amount of money. You're going to be like, oh my God, I'm, yeah. I'm great. Like this right. great. I can go by. Yes. It's like, um, no, how do I do this again? Like, how can I do this like 10 times again? Like, how can we keep right. going? And so when I asked um, James, James and Aaron this, when like they made their first, I think like for 15,000 in a month, yeah. I was like, how do you feel? It was like, no different. I was like, yeah. So, and this is from this side. You spend so much time chasing this feeling and it never comes. Right. So what you no. need to find is you're equating money to fulfillment. Right. And that's just not a good trend. That's right. not a good version. And I feel like the majority of people do that. If I make this amount of money, I'll be this happy. That's not true. Yeah. You find fulfillment where you are. You find right. fulfillment where you are. When you get money, it'll be enhanced. Yes. It won't be like, oh, I don't have money. Because if money is your source of happiness, when money gets low, your happiness is low. Because it's, well, it's, it's going to happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Fall in love with the game. Yeah. yeah. Play the game, play the business game. hundred percent. Yeah. There was something interesting that you said last time we were talking again, again, this was something that like stayed in my mind and it was a little bit almost kind of like a contrarian way of like how a lot of people think about this. And I have it down because I just wanted to make sure that like I understood it, but it was like, so like a lot of like the old saying is sort of like, forget about the destination and like, you know, focus on the journey and like, it'll take care of itself. And something that you said was like, <laughs> I've gotten so, so focused on like just the journey that like, I almost just like, didn't know where I was going or like, you know, like the destination. <laughs> like, and so you've been like, I'm thinking about like what my outcome is like the destination more. Like, that's what I'm thinking about. Can you just like speak to that a little bit? Because I thought it was just like, so interesting the way that you were framing it, because it's not what most people think about when they think about that quote. Yeah, so basically, I joined Iron Forums, and when I, Iron Forums is a Christian men's forum for Christian men in business to be able to connect and go, and we were having our breakout session where everybody's talking and sharing and everything, and I just realized that I spent so much time focusing on the journey that I literally didn't think about the goal. So like for me, my goal was I want to be able to have kids. I want to be able to, you know, make sure they're going to be provided for. I want to have a beautiful wife. I want to be able to have this. I want to have like this family stuff, like nothing, yeah. nothing monetary, this family stuff. Right. And so I spent so much time getting so good at the journey, prepping for that, like, oh, can okay, make this amount of money, do this, do that, do this and that, that I completely shut out the goal. Like I shut out like dating women. I shut out the process. I was like, forget all that. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm not, I'm not there yet. And when I finally got to Iron Forms and like I seen other men who were successful and they're doing their thing and I'm seeing they're married and everything. And I was like, it, it was kind of like a shock. Like, this is why I'm doing this. Hmm. And like, I'm further along than they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm hearing their numbers and I'm hearing my numbers. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. I'm doing better than yeah. you are. Right. And this dude is like super happy 
And I'm asking myself, like, bro, I'm genuinely not like I'm happy where I am. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, practice, of course. But I'm not astounded at where I am. I'm like, yo, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, I always feel like I have to do more. And I think it was yeah. I was doing this. I was getting I was just trying to focus, you know, stay nose to the grindstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was just like when I realized I was like, you know what? I got to take a step back. Hmm. I need to put more emphasis on the reason I'm doing this. I need to go because I truly, my personal belief, everybody has their own. I truly believe a man would never reach his full potential until he finds a good woman. You find a good woman. I know for me, Amen, brother. I used to tell myself back in high school, like when I was flipping phones, when I got in a relationship, bro, my level of focus, dedication, determination <laughs> was like, I was like at a hundred. It was like 300. Yeah. Like, right. It's like I 200% of this boost. So I realized like, you're doing really good, but you're not doing great. Hmm. You feel me? And so I want to be great. You feel me? So it was like, okay, I, I got to start. I got to start, you know, making my room for this. I got to be more intentional with stuff like this. I have to open myself up more to this because I just shut myself off. Like, right. I do this and something goes wrong. Because like, we're, we're, we all, we're all humans. We have emotions. So it's like, if something goes wrong, it's going to affect me and make affect my performance. And I don't have time for that. I need to focus. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, but then I realized, you know, it's like, I genuinely want this. This is the reason for doing it. So I start now putting more emphasis on my goal. And so if anything interferes with my goal, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Well, I think that's just so valuable because like, I, and again, that is such an interesting take on it from a lot of different perspectives because like that's just not what a lot of people hear. They're like, don't worry about your goals or burn your goals and just focus on the journey and sort of I think like it they it's really important and like knowing what you want or asking yourself like what is it that I truly want is one of the hardest questions to answer. And it's not like a you take half an hour and you go journal a little bit and you figure it out. Like that's a like for me at least it's been years and years of continuously asking myself that. And having like threads and ideas and just pulling the threads and getting a little bit deeper and then being like, well, you know, that evolves as I continue to grow and evolve. And so I just think it's so important and necessary for somebody to define what you want, what your goal is, what success means specifically to you and only you, because it really only needs to make sense to you and like what that outcome is. Like once you have that defined and it's down a bit, then you can just have total freedom of just letting go of either other people's expectations of what they project onto you of what it needs to be. And you can just let go and just go full in on just focusing on that. And you're like, now your decisions become, you know, much more clear and intentional. You have real confidence in what you're making and the answers that you're seeking start to show up a little bit more because you are actively pursuing a specific, like, I can see it in my mind if this is the life that I want to live. Like, I'm so on board with designing and envisioning the life that you want to live and that you build it first. And then you like build yourself into that. Like you don't just stumble upon success. Like that's not an accident. Like you defined it, you put it down, you spend a lot of time tweaking it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Like I'm a planner. Like I am a big, like I don't have your gift of being like artistic and drawing, but like I have a real big imagination and I can like see that. And I just, I enjoy going after it consistently. So yeah, I just think like it's one of the, you know, one of my original books that I always loved was uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Like one of his, one of the habits of Stephen Covey was like, start with the end goal in mind, like have that mm -hmm. down. And again, that's not like a, you have it down and like it, it's not, it needs to be fluid. It needs to continue to change. It's going to continue to change. And it's not like the first thing that you put down is like, you know, this is, you know, in stone and nothing's that, you know, this is like rigid now. And even if you don't have it clear, like that's okay. But I just think it's so important to have that down first because then like it's almost just working backwards from there like reverse engineering like how do i then get to that like if i want 
you know, let's say like the family and kids, like, well, I want to have the time to be able to, you know, spend, you know, actually cultivating and building that. Okay. Well, if I want to have the time to do it, then I need to be able to like build a business that gives me leverage to be able to do that. And then you find yourself like, okay, if I want to do that, then I got to do like, it's just, again, it's having the goal now and it's like trickling yourself down to like, okay, what are the things that I need to do here and now to ultimately get myself to this end goal that I have in mind, which I just think is so powerful. No, facts. Literally. I mean, even if you bring it back to God, like that's kind of how God does us. There's God has Mm. a plan for our lives and he, has these things we can do, but you yeah. also have to do. Right. So we may go A, B, C, back to A, A, B, back to A, right. A, B, C, D, back to B. You feel me? And it's <laughs> like, it's like you, you, everybody has a plan to their punch in the face. Yep. So you have your goal. As long as you know the goal or there's a goal set at the end, right. the plan, you, you, you make a plan, but understand the plan will create itself. So you oh, make a wow. plan, so you have a roadmap, but as you go to plan, I'll make itself. Like if you would ask me mm. 10 years ago, Anthony, what are you doing? I'll be a programmer right now. <laughs> 10 years of programming experience. I'll probably yeah. be a programmer and maybe, yeah, that's about it. Like a programmer and running a company. But it's like right. now, I'll reprogram. <laughs> and all this stuff. <laughs> of all these different businesses and things yeah. I'm doing, right. there's nothing like what it does. So if you have an end goal, it's a plan. So for me, my end goal my end goal was like bigger than myself. Like I want a family stuff. Mm. I never have stuff for them. So for yes. me, it motivates me. Like I, I used to tell my friends, even back in high school, like, it'll motivate you. Bro, I want a family one day. Like, <laughs> you feel me? So it was like, it just always was so ingrained. So it's like, everything I do is made for that. And then what made me change to building a team model was I realized like, I if I, like I'm stressed out, I have all this stuff, but if I keep going at the rate I'm going, I'm going to be an absentee father. Like hmm. I'm going to be able to give money, but that's not what kids need. That's not what a family needs. They don't need right. money. No. They, cool they see if you're there. Yeah. That's they it. need you there. So it's just like certain things in real can't be the center of everything. I can't wow. be the face. I can't be like the guy that has to take every business trip. Like I appreciate Wow, my, man. Bro, like when we have conferences and stuff to go to, Brandon goes, I don't yeah. know. Right. Know? Because it's like, I don't even want to start that trend. I don't want to start that thing because I Sheesh. want to be there. Because like I said, at the end of the day, if it was up to me and I can all my stuff be taken care of and I could have a family, I would much rather take that. because Yeah, it's just- right. <laughs> it's an know? interesting perspective to almost go like you are doing your future self and your future family a disservice, like not yeah. elevating and growing and, and yeah, and like learning, like, like you are costing your future self or family or whatever like not learning how to grow and do that. Like that, that's a real new perspective that just kind of clicked. Yeah. Man, you know, like you got to prep, bro. You plan, like yeah. you plan for everything else, but you also got to plan for them. Like, <laughs> do you be there? It's honest. Do you want to yeah, be there? Right. Some people, if, if you don't want to be there, bro, make your plan. I'm not yeah, here. Right. <laughs> I just know for me, I wanted to be a very active. If there's a football game and there's a business meeting, we're going to the football game. Yeah. If there's this and this, I'm going to this. Like if it's 100%. My, kid, my daughter has a ballet recital. I'm going right. to, I'm going to, like, that's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is like my, cause like, I'm, yeah, I'm thankful that like, you know, I was able to have my dad and my, my, my mom, my, the, the woman that my dad ended up marrying is just the most amazing woman. She just completely saved our entire family. Like I, she's the glue, like she just completely kept us together. It was just, but it's funny. Like, I don't, you know, reflect on like the job that like my parents had or like how much money they made. It's like, they were at my baseball games, you know, like, that's what I think about. That's so funny. Yeah. All right. I want to wrap up with one last question. We touched on it a little bit, but this is how I always like to wrap these up a little bit with just 
how do you define the word wealth? What does wealth mean to you? To me, wealth pretty much, that's actually a real question. To me, wealth means like, it's being happy. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't feel like wealth, wealth can be defined by money, but for me, it's not necessarily fully defined by money. It's just like, am I genuinely happy? Right. Because if I'm genuinely happy, I'm wealthy in the most important area of my life. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I just want to be able, like I said, I just want to be able to provide for my family, do my stuff, and all my stuff. I don't have one yet, but when I get one. So for me, wealth is just being able, if if, if at the end of my life, and they're like, yo, he he treated his family the best. He was always there. He showed up. He was always present with his family or whatever. I'm a wealthy man. I don't mm-hmm. need, even if they're like, yo, he didn't have no money. I'm a wealthy man. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Because that's where it genuinely counts. You feel me? So for 100%. me, yeah, for me, wealth is happiness. Like yeah, as long dude. as I'm happy, I'm, when I'm happy in my life, I'm okay. Mm, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just, it's always so like, it's so much deeper than just like, yeah, just like the money aspect of it. Right. Like, I think I'm very um, fascinated by the things that money can't buy. Right. Like it's the the three big ones is like um, a quiet mind, a healthy body and like a happy household. Like money plays an aspect in those things, but like those things need to be earned consistently and they need to be cultivated and they need to be built with intention so yeah, man, that's super powerful. I really appreciate that answer for sure. No, I appreciate it, man. Like it's just everybody, I don't know, everybody like being on this side, having been homeless and having stayed in penthouses and being in mansions <laughs> and all this, you just come to realize that half the people who got all this money are literally like depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. I want to be happy. Right. I, if I'm happy at the end of my life and that's, what it is, and I can genuinely say I had a great life, and it was I'm cool. I'm a wealthy man. I don't yeah, know, right. Maybe not by your standards, but by my standards. <laughs> Which is really all that matters at the end of the day, yeah. anyways. Yeah. My goodness, dude. Again, thank you so much for your time, for being on, for going so deep into all these different topics. I mean, this was like a really, really valuable conversation. So Again, anybody watching, listening, make sure you give us a, a like on YouTube. If you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, leave us a review. Um, to all my builders out there, I salute you. Anthony, thank you again for your time. I greatly appreciate it. And I will see you guys all in the next episode. I see you guys later, guys. Appreciate you.